0: So it was Thanksgiving Day, my first year of college, my first year of university, and so for the first time in my entire life, I was going to, or I was not going to be enjoying a Thanksgiving meal with my family. Instead, for most of the day, I was stuck in a van with other tall people, (laughs) heading to our first basketball tournament of the year. So this was my first road trip. So instead of turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, and pie, we ate at Bob's Big Boy. (laughs) I don't know if, I think it's an East Coast thing. Uh, I was so hungry, so hungry. But each of the players had an allowance. We had a limit as to how much much money we could spend. So I ordered a Bob's Big Boy burger. I mean, that sounded like a lot of food. And a glass of pop or soda or Coke. Um, And my money was gone. But I was so excited to eat but when the Big Boy Burger arrived, it was not big. <laughs> it was one small burger on one small plate with nothing else. No fries, no salad, no anything. That was it. And, and this all felt like this terrible dream. <laughs> like this, and, this, and it got more strange because I, I began to look around the restaurant a little disoriented by all of this, and I looked, and across the way was a, an old Amish woman smoking her pipe. <laughs> and I thought, she looks like she's happy and satisfied with the meal that she just had. It was so strange. And then the, the starting center on our basketball team sat down in front of me, and he had this plate piled so high with food, so high with food, and a burger that was literally twice the size of my burger. And he must have noticed that I was staring at him, sort of shocked, and he smiled and he said to me, you shouldn't have ordered the pop. (laughs) The water is free. I had spent half of my allowance on sugar water, and he didn't. That was a really good lesson to learn on my first road trip, uh, my first year of college. And let's just say that the pop or, or Coke or soda or whatever it is that we call it is not a food that sustains us. I was so hungry the rest of the night, so hungry. I needed something more substantial, right? We, we all need something more substantial. So in Proverbs chapter nine, we're told that Lady Wisdom offers us so much more than a glass of pop. She offers us a meal With substance. So let's listen as we read Proverbs chapter 9, 1 through 6. Lady Wisdom has built and furnished her home. It's supported by seven hewn timbers or pillars. The banquet meal is ready to be served roast lamb, wine poured out, table set with silver and with flowers. Having sent out her servants, Lady Wisdom goes to town, stands in the most prominent place, and invites everyone within sound of her voice. Are you confused about life? Don't know what's going on? Come with me. Oh, come have dinner with me. I've prepared a wonderful spread, fresh-baked bread, roast lamb, carefully selected wines. Leave your impoverished confusion and live. Walk up the street to a life with meaning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Lady Wisdom has prepared a banquet for everyone. She has prepared a meal of celebration to which she invites anyone and everyone. The meal is for everyone. All are welcome, without exception. Of course, to to say that, now to say that is one thing, but to feel included in God's invitation that sometimes can be a little bit more difficult for example because we more often than not talk about god using masculine language and male pronouns it's it's not too difficult for me to believe that god and especially jesus understands my life experience i mean it's not always easy for me to to believe that but it's it's certainly easier but i know from talking to my wife and to talking to other women that their embodied experiences can at times feel disconnected from God. Does God know what it's like to be a mother? That's different. Does God know what it's like to give birth or to struggle with fertility or to have a miscarriage? Does God know that? How can God, our Father, really understand what it's like to be a woman? Well, here in Proverbs 9, God is, the pronouns for God at least, are she and her. Lady Wisdom is located at the highest point of the town, inviting everyone to join her. And of course, the highest point of the city in Jerusalem and in most ancient cities, the temple was there at the highest point of the city, the temple where people would go to experience God's very presence which means that Lady Wisdom is a part of God's very being. She is God's divine presence in the world, interacting with humanity, welcoming everyone in as a part of her family. More significantly, in Proverbs chapter 8, the previous chapter, Lady Wisdom says about herself that, that before the beginning of time, the Lord created me. I was formed, I was brought forth, or I was birthed before the creation of the world. And the Hebrew word translated as brought forth here comes from the word that means labor pains. God, our mother, gave birth to her daughter wisdom here in Proverbs, which means that lady wisdom comes from God's very character, that lady wisdom is God, but not entirely the entirety of who God is. Just like God as Father is not the entirety of who God is, within God's fullness, there is room for all of our embodied experiences. And that's good news because I don't know about you, but I live in a physical body in this physical world. But we know that not everyone fits neatly into even these two categories of gender. Some people identify as transgender, non-binary, agender, gender expansive, and there are are a lot of other letters and, and words. So is there room in God's character? Is there room in God's love for these embodied experiences? For so many LGBTQ plus kids, youth, adults, families, communities, This is not a theological, or a theoretical, or an intellectual conversation. And it most certainly is not a political game. It is life in their bodies. And we know that because they don't fit neatly into what society defines as normal, there is a significantly higher level of anxiety, of depression, of self-harm, and of suicide. So we can't talk about all of these different experiences that people have. We can't talk about every single one of these experiences. So let's just talk about the experience of those who identify as transgender. And I don't know about you, but I, I needed a, a Google search to try to figure out what a lot of these terms meant. So, so bear with me as we try to define some of these, these things. So, the prefix trans is Latin for on the other side of, or across from. So, if you have two categories, male and female, transgender describes someone whose gender identity is different or across from the sex assigned to them at birth, usually based on external anatomy. Okay? Does that make sense? across from. In in contrast, you might also hear the term cisgender, C-I-S gender. And cis is Latin for on the side of, which means our internal sense of gender is on the same side as the sex that was assigned to us at birth. Most of us would identify as cisgender. Okay, (laughs) you following? Non-binary wouldn't define their gender as fitting into either male or female categories. And, and it's also important here to note that we're talking only about gender. We're not talking about orientation. We're not talking about physical or emotional attraction. We're just tr- talking about a sense of, of gender. Okay, so um, Google gender identity terms, and there's, there's a lot more. I hope that makes sense. But, but if not, and if I've lost you, let's go back to the central question that we're asking about belonging. Is there room in God's character and in God's love for all of these diverse embodied experiences that we have as human beings? So following Jesus' death and resurrection, the earliest Christian writers in the New Testament and, and in the church went to work trying to understand Jesus, trying to understand who Jesus was and Jesus' relationship to God. So in the Gospel of John, we hear things like, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Through Him, through Jesus, all things were created. Jesus existed before time and was a part of creation. John is telling us that Jesus comes from God, is a part of God's very being and was with God in the beginning helping to create the world. In 1 Corinthians Paul tells us that Jesus is God's wisdom which existed before the beginning of creation. Where did John and Paul and others get this idea that Jesus was God's wisdom? Where did they get this idea that Jesus came from God and was God's divine presence in the world at creation and now? Where did it come from? I'll give you a hint. We've already read it. It came from Proverbs. The earliest Christian communities looked at the Hebrew scriptures to try to understand what was happening they looked at Lady Wisdom and they thought, oh, that's Jesus. And they ran with it, and it became an essential part of how we understand our faith. Now, listen carefully. Listen carefully. The gender of God's wisdom personified or embodied in Jesus, who was a man was on the other side of the gender that was assigned to God's wisdom in Proverbs. Okay, listen carefully. This means that the personification of God's wisdom in the Bible is what? Transgender. Like, this totally would have got me fired in any other church that I've worked at. And who knows? if You know, I'm... So, I should let you know that I'm actually not going to be here next week, but, but it's because we're away on, on study leave. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a good time to clean out my office if, if anyone needs that. Now, no, 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 don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Like, I, I want, I mean, regardless of our perspective on all of these complicated issues, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the historical Jesus was transgender. But in trying to understand the way that God's very being is revealed in Jesus, in trying to understand how we might experience God's very presence with us in this world, the Bible does include this act of interpretation that requires a change in pronouns. Is that easier to digest? And the primary reason why I'm saying all of this is that I want us all to hear and to know that there is room in God's character, that there is room in God's love for all of the experiences of life that we have in these bodies. All of the experiences that we have in this physical world. Lady Wisdom calls out, Are you confused? I'm sure more so now than ever. Are you confused about life? Come with me, have dinner with me. I don't know about you, but but when I'm confused and when I'm stressed out, I usually want things to become less complicated. Don't talk to me about a gender spectrum or about doubt in faith, or about loving our enemy, or those who are different than us. Don't talk to me about all of these complex issues of life and faith and relationships. You know, what, what I really want, what I really want is this meal is just a glass of pop, like an unlimited glass of pop. And so just give me that and leave me alone. Proverbs 9:17 tells us that it's foolishness. It's the personification of foolishness, not wisdom, who offers us that kind of a meal, a meal that is sweet and alone. Lady Wisdom, however, invites us to eat with her and with all whom she invites. Like so many mothers, like so many parents, like so many caregivers in this world and in our own lives, Wisdom offers us a meal that has substance. Wisdom offers us a meal that nourishes us and sustains us for the long run. Wisdom invites us into the ever-increasing diversity and beauty and yes, complexity of relationships. The Hebrew concept of wisdom is not primarily intellectual, it's relational. There is room at this table for all of us. Because while Lady Wisdom calls from the highest place in town, while Lady Wisdom calls from the temple or from churches or from worshiping communities all over the place, her home that she has built is the entire earth. She has built and furnished her home supported by seven pillars which is an image pulled from other parts of the Bible that imagines the earth sitting on a strong foundation of stone pillars. The psalmist says the earth is the Lord's and everything, everything in it. In God's character and in God's love, there is more than enough room for all of me. There is more than enough room for all of you for all of them and for all of us. There is enough room for all of our embodied experiences. Please pray with me. God, our mother, God, our father, God, our parent, thank you for your wide and inclusive love.